members of the PHFFL. What is going on? Commissioner Conlon here coming at you again. Episode on the Race to Three pod. Boy, do we have a big one for you. I mean, this is really, this is burning the path for endless possibilities going forward in the future. So um, we do have a guest co-host with us today, that being the defending champ, the owner and GM of the OBJYN, Ben Nielsen himself. Ben, how we doing? Oh, couldn't be happier to be here. Wow. Go how um, you have you got to ask you what I ask everybody right before we get into anything else. What what's podcasting resume? What's that? Well, what is the podcasting resume? You know, well, like, what's your... you know, I've I've got a few that I've listened to in the past. I am a podcast virgin when it comes to uh, actually being a guest or host. So. Uh, bear with us. Hopefully, I can uh, you know keep it up with uh, our great commissioner Conlon this week. <laughs> wow, wow, you are, you are pumping me up too much. Well, so we got a long time avid podcast listener, first time in the driver's seat. It's going to be great. So it probably sounds like Ben. You know, he, he's a KC guy, lives down KC. Probably sounds like he's bellied up here with me at Tuck's Pub. But believe it or not, he's not. He's still down in KC. We got him tapped in on the phone. Ben, where, where do we got a name of where you're coming in from uh, this, uh, tonight? You know, we haven't named it, um, you know. And I guess this is probably a good time to let everybody know. But uh, the uh, OBJYN, we will be relocating to the Des Moines Metro in the coming, oh, in the coming months here. So, uh, Holy shit, that's very exciting. I, uh, what, what, what brings that? You know, we, we took a new job, so we're starting here in a couple of weeks, and I'll be, you know, working remote for a bit, but then, uh, you know, we'll be relocated and couldn't be happier to be closer to the entire league. Well, hell yes. I love hearing that. So let's do this. This is perfect yeah. time to do it. I think if there's ever a time, let's crack a cold one of that kind yeah. of thing. Oh, yeah. There's a good crack. I love it. Cheers. All right. Big, big news. OBJYN locating, relocating Des Moines. I love that. So we'll have to have him back on the show. Actually bellied up at Tuck's Pub then when that happens. So that's good to know. Let's yeah. see. A new thing. Before we hop in anything, Ben was gracious enough. I didn't even realize it when we, uh, when my people worked with his people and we got him on the calendar for tonight's show. His team, the Packers themselves, they're, they're out there. They're on Thursday night ball here in, what, roughly 40, 40 minutes, I think it is now. So we, we got to yeah. skew a little bit. Uh, tradition typically is we pick uh, the game spread and the over-under at the end of the match. How about we go ahead, do it beforehand, to, before the game gets started, then maybe we'll give a little embedding and game advice at the end of this thing. So I'm sure I'll probably be kicked off in the first quarter so. Let me fly over here. You know, I'm an, yeah, I'm an odd shark guy. So I've already placed my bets on this. I'll just go ahead and give the spread and the over-under. Right now it's the Green Bay Packers are sitting at a six-and-a-half-point favorite. So they are on the road traveling out to the West Coast in San Fran. They're a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the spread, I have noticed today, it's kind of narrowed down. I think I was locked in at maybe minus seven earlier. And now with an over-under of 48-and-a-half with 54 per- Fifty-four percent of the public going with that over. Uh, ben, I guess I'll turn it over to you first. I mean, you know this team better than I do. Oh, oh, if you're you were, you were betting here, if you're going to drop a few dollars down, what what would you lay down here and on what? You know, it's a it's an interesting game. There's a lot, you know, a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, George Kittle's out, Jimmy G's out, 
Uh, half the Niners receivers are out. Um, you know, the Packers have some injuries of their own. David Bakhtiari, um, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon. But, you know, it comes down to it. I don't think – I think I saw a stat earlier. Aaron Rodgers has never lost two games in a row as a touchdown favorite or more. Damn. So, um, you know, I think you got to take the Packers here. They got Aaron Jones coming back. It sounds like maybe a bit of a limited role. But, um, you know, I think he's he's going to come out firing. He's probably still mad about that uh, championship game last year. So, um Yeah. Packers minus six and a half, lock it in. All right, I love that. Yeah, and I actually, that is what I had done earlier today. So I had locked in Packers at minus seven, more or less my thought. I did not have that stat or that tidbit that you had there with Packer, uh, with Rodgers never losing back-to-back, coming off a loss, being a touchdown favorite the next game. So I love hearing that. That's good. And then with the over-under at 48 and a half, I actually locked that in at an under thought process being, I think, San Fran powered with Nick Mullins. I think the plan there in the Shanahan offense will be able to run. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Packers have maybe struggled against the run. I think maybe their mindset will be <laughs> a little ball control, try to just keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Because of that, I think they'll slow the game down a bit. Uh, ultimately, I still think the Packers win by more than seven. I just don't think that the Niners' offense is going to give enough juice without Kittle, without Jimmy G., Brandon Anuk, all those other injuries you list, I don't think they're going to be able to bring enough juice on their end to get over that 48-and-a-half. Any thoughts on that over-under on the 48-and-a-half? You know, I, th- I think you put it nicely when you said the Packers have struggled against the run. Um, I think Dalvin Cooks, you know, <laughs> broke some records last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think at the end of the day, I'm with you on this one. You know, I think both teams kind of try and slow it down to mitigate the impact of those injuries to their offenses. Um, you know, I think I think this ends up somewhere in the low twenties to high teens range for each team. So I think that forty eight and a half is a is a nice line if you want the under. All right, I love it. Well, that's uh, that's betting advice. Go ahead, slap slap some dollars down. Go ahead and use it. We uh, once we get here at the end of the show, we'll see where we're at in the game at that point in time. If there's an update on the end game spread, we'll give a little bit more quick advice. Then we'll turn Ben to go crack some more cold ones and watch his Packers and cheer them <laughs> on. So uh, I say with that, then, let Ben, let's just jump right over into the transaction corner. Actually, let, let me pause. There are actually a few housekeeping items or just one housekeeping item I want to bring up. Uh, and that was just back. We are in the middle middle of the uh, middle of the season. So we're, we're in week eight. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Usually a highlight, you know, what the uh, meat's going to be when we when we get to the meat and night show portion of the program. But we are halfway. We're going to give you a midpoint season review. Similar to what Dan and I did when I was at Dan's Den to give a look ahead. Of, hey, who do we think is going to be in the playoffs? Who do we think needs to be selling people off and playing for next year? So with that, our transaction corner is going to be a little bit different. We're actually, instead of looking at transactions that went on the waiver wire this morning, we're going to change it up a little bit on you guys, and we're going to look back at the transactions that would have happened in what we consider the 2020 league year in the PHFFL and give you a little insights now. It's tough sometimes on the spot after those trades to give who we think the winner is and loser is right off the bat. We now have eight games of ball on it, so some of these trades are looking much better for others than they originally did when they first processed and we talked about them on this show. So with that said, being at the halfway point, just wanted to reiterate, we will now, no matter what happens, we will be crowning a champion in this 2020 season. So we said, Hey, we make it through eight. We'll do it uh, again. Just to recap 
if it doesn't make it into playoffs at all, that will just go however the standings are set at that point in time, record with points four being the tiebreaker. If we get into the playoffs and if for whatever reason the playoffs aren't completed, it will be same concept, but whoever's still left in the playoffs. So let's say Ben's team's in there as the number two seed. I'm, I'm, I'm he, he's the highest left rated after the playoffs is gone. He, he would be crowned the back-to-back champion is how that would work. Ben, I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. Do you? I think we're going to get in the full, <laughs> full 16 or should I knock on wood? No, you know, I think I think the NFL's kind of starting to soften up on their COVID stance here. You know, you saw those early season Titans and Bills games and shit. I think just the Packers and Niners had three or four <laughs> cases in the past two or three days, and they're still playing tonight. So yeah, you, I think they're full steam ahead. You are spot on, and as a fan, selfishly, I love it. I think it's the right thing to do. <laughs> Hammer down, let let's get it going. So I love it. Yeah. So. All right, yeah, so let's go ahead. Let's flip over here. Um, The way we're doing, obviously, then, Ben and I not actually being in the same location. We also have a little screen sharing going on here. So hopefully we don't experience any technical difficulties. Ben, are you able to see the recent activities? And hopefully it's not tinier than shit on whatever screen you're looking at. (laughs) I've got it. Let's roll. All right, let's roll. So the first one we're going to go and look at so this process all the way back in march 24th so again this is considered this this league year um and this was a transaction that happened between myself the boys of fall and jerry's kids um jerry's kids how, how do i say the collector of quarterbacks maybe is that is that <laughs> what we call them he has no shortage of quarterbacks on the squad I think that's it. And, you know, I know we weren't touching on this week's transactions, but I think you just got another one. <laughs> I noticed that myself. Maybe we'll have to touch on that a little bit. A little bit. So he's picked them up. What, what was it, Big Ben? I think I saw. I saw yeah. If I'm not mistaken. All right. Old man, Big Ben. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. That's fine. Maybe you want some of that winning, that 7 0 winning uh, Steelers magic to rub off on the Jerry's Kid squad, might be what he's going after there. But so, so when we look at this one again, March 24th. I went ahead and I packaged up and I had shipped over Lamar Jackson, uh, quarterback Ravens, everyone knows. Uh, John U. Smith maybe needs a little bit more. Tight end for the Tennessee Titans. I'd package him up as well as, if I'm not mistaken, I think we had a switch of draft equity in on this one. Um, and this is actually 2020 powerhouse league tracker. So I've been in 2020, but we had swapped first round picks to him owning the first overall pick equity at that time. Me having, I believe the ninth pick is what it was. Uh, and, and in exchange for that, I got Kyler Murray shipped my way. Ben, I have thoughts on how I think this worked out for my squad. I have biased opinions on how I think this has worked out for my squad thus far. I'll pause there. I'll kick it over to you and I'll, I'll let you give any breakdown of if you want to crown a winner or a loser, if you think it's still too, to be determined or however, whatever you want to speak to on it. You know, I, I think there's a, a piece of it still to be determined, but in my mind, I, I think right now, um, Jerry's kids actually kind of came out on top here. You know, Lamar isn't having quite the season he had last year. Um, John U. Smith's actually been playing pretty well for the most of the year. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kyler, you know, Kyler, I think he's still a top top 10 or so quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, but um, yep. hasn't quite maybe been what might have hoped he was. Um, and sure. I think, you know, that Le'Veon Bell trade might have hurt Clyde's uh, stock a little bit. Yeah. With that first pick you got him, but 
Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because it is important to note what the equity was in that. So, yeah, I went and got Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And at the time, yeah, I think that everyone thought that was a slam dunk, no-brainer pick. Really, even before Le'Veon, it never really quite hit like people maybe thought it was going to. Maybe that first Thursday night game, I was super, super pumped. And shit, I was on this show <laughs> singing about Clyde Edwards-Alaire and whatever the freaking tune it was in. Uh, yeah, to your point, it never really stuck. And I agree. I mean, I do think this one's still open to be determined. I think the fact that Chad added yet another what looks like to be a good, young, promising quarterback with his with his guy and Joe Burrow is well, who we got out of that draft thing. And I think even had a little movement in that draft, even added more equity that he'll use next year. Um, yeah, I would say I'd give the slight nod to Chad here on this. For me, it'll end up being whoever probably gets the most longevity out of either one of those quarterbacks. Both worry me a little bit. Both run quite a bit. Um, Kyler didn't as much last year. He's relying on a hell of a lot more this year. Hasn't looked like the most accurate pass in the world, kind of like Lamar. So to me, this one, yeah, I'll give Chad a slight tick with a lot to be determined, mainly for me, who who comes out on top, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson in the long run. Uh, With that, we'll scoot right along. We'll keep scrolling. And it's a familiar name here, another trade with Jerry's kid. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm looking at this. He wheeled and dealed with me. It looks like at 10:13 that morning, he turned right around at 11:12 in the same day on March 24th. He went ahead and he he dealt with Malcolm's team, uh, and he had shipped over at that time Stefan Diggs. He shipped Stefan Diggs over to L- L- Russ Cook, and in, a, in return, he got himself back Julian Edelman and Mark Andrews. Um, to go with a stack. You know, he must got Lamar that morning. He wanted to stack up the guy that he was going to be throwing to in the end zone. Let me see if there was any draft equity here that was involved in this one. Yeah, Ben. Uh, if it was, again, it was probably for the 2020 uh, or the one we had this offseason. So I don't have it in front of me right now. So, I mean, I guess we can just speak to – I have opinions right away of what I think this trade. I'll flip it to you first, Ben. I'll let you give your thoughts on it. You know, you know, I got to applaud Malik Daddy here, taking on a little bit of risk. You know, Stephon Diggs going from, you know, that familiar Vikings offense to, uh, you know, that Bills offense, you know, that historically hasn't been known for being a good passing offense. Um, and, you know, it seems like Jerry's kids, you know, trying to collect those tight ends to go with his quarterbacks here. Um, Julian Edelman, you know, I think he's just kind of a guy in the league anymore. He's going to get you, you know – Five receptions, 60 yards a week, pretty steady, but a yep. um, bit of an uncertain offense there in New England now. Um, and I think, you know, obviously at this point, it seems like Stefan Diggs is really just killing. He's, what, top five or so in the league right now, I think. And yeah, you, you're spot on in our right. league right now, as him lists at position rank six, averaging 17.7. Um, yeah, outside looking in, he, he's been – I had the exact same thoughts as you at first. I was – I'm a big Stephon Diggs guy. I always have been. I was a little concerned of him making the transition, like you said, out of the Vikings offense to Bills and Josh Allen. Um, at least for the first four, six, five weeks with Josh Allen, I was proven wrong on that. That came back down to earth a little bit, but does not seem like – let's pull this up here again – doesn't really seem to have made as much of an impact. So, I mean, he, he's still been good for – he hasn't gone under 10 points yet this season. So, he's been double digits in every one, which is what you like to see when you're making a trade there. Um, yeah, ultimately, and I don't know. Let's see what Mark Andrews has done thus far this season. Position rank seven. Um, 
that's actually got to be pretty disappointing when you go out and make this trade. So he's had three really big weeks, it looks like, for Chad, where he's gone north of 20 twice, 17 once. Other than that, I mean, he's kind of put some skid marks on your roster, I would imagine, a few weeks, getting you only 3.9, 5.2, 4.1, 6.2. Uh, what, what do you think in general, thoughts on Mark Andrews and – Will he get get it turned around? I mean, number seven is not what you made that trade for. I mean, you're hoping for a top three tight end there realistically when you pull that trigger and what you want on Mark Andrews. Is he going to get back up that level? You know, you'd like to think so, but I think I saw the stat. Like, the the Ravens have the 31st-ranked pass offense in the league right now. They're only ahead of the Jets. Um, so that obviously cause for concern for a guy like Mark Andrews and – you know, looking at that box score, it's pretty pretty obvious that he's kind of become touchdown dependent. Yeah, um, for sure. So, you know, if he's not scoring, he's going to get yes. you probably single-digit points, and that's really not what you're looking for out of your tight yeah. end every week. Yeah, that, that, that is a great eye, and you are spot on. The weeks he's had gone over double digits, he's had a touchdown, and a couple of those he had a pair of touchdowns. Hopefully in that Ravens offense gets a little more efficient, gets down to that red zone when they get into the red zone instead of running it. Hopefully they're slinging some passes to Mark Andrews for the sake of you there, Chad. Uh, any other thoughts on this one before we move right along? No, you know, I think we kind of covered it. You know, I think to your point, hopefully the Ravens kind of figure it out here soon. Sounds like they've got some disgruntled pass catchers themselves, so they kind of yeah. need to figure out how they're going to spread the ball evenly to keep everybody happy. Yes, indeed. That is for sure. Um, I'll scroll up here. We have an Edo Smith, Sterling Shepard one. We're not going to bring any analysis on this. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, Cam Akers, I mean, that was a draft day trade. Maybe I'll just throw out there real quick and ask you, Cam Akers, really that whole crop of rookie running backs coming in, there was a lot of hype, Cam Akers being one of them. Um, hasn't really gotten the workload that you would have hoped yet. T.Y. Hilton on the flip-flop that he, he was a guy that with Philip Rivers coming in, you'd hope that he was going to catch some of those days like he had with Andrew Luck. That has not been the case, sitting at position rank 85, 6.7. Uh, I guess the only question I'll ask on this is, one, in your opinion, is T.Y. Hilton, is he washed in terms of a dynasty standpoint? And two, are there brighter days ahead for Cam Akers maybe as soon as next year, let's say? You know, I, I think, you know, we'll start with Cam Akers. That's a guy, you know, I, I can't imagine the Rams are going to keep around Malcolm Brown and Henderson next year. So, you know, I think. All right. Few, just quick technical difficulty there. Turns out, I don't know, what, what was it an Amber Alert? Were you getting alerted that someone just got completely robbed on a trade in, in the powerhouse? <laughs> Which one was it? You know, hopefully it wasn't the latter, but, uh, yeah, there was an Amber <laughs> Alert. I don't want right. to call anybody out in particular on these trades, so. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that that's fair. So you you were when when it cut out, the alert came through. You were breaking down. You were giving us your thoughts that likely the Rams weren't going to be able to keep Henderson, Malcolm Brown, with Cam Akers already there next year, and that's about where we lost you. So I'll let you get back in your train of thought there on that. Yeah, you know, I, I think a guy like Cam Akers with the you know shortened off season, no preseason games, it's kind of tough for a lot of those rookie backs to really you know, get the hold of the offense and get going. So I think there are brighter days ahead. Um, you know, for T.Y. Hilton, you know, it's it's been severely disappointing, I guess is one way to say it. You know, you you expect a guy like Phillip Rivers with the kind of numbers that Keenan Allen was putting up these last few years to, you know, 
make it work with a guy like T.Y. in the slot, but it just has not clicked yet. That offense has just been kind of disappointing in general, I would say. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think T.Y. is a guy that, you know, I don't have a whole lot of interest in at this point. Yeah, 110%. I mean, we can move on this, but I do want to re-highlight something you said because I do think it's important. I, I do think we are seeing in rookies across the board I do think the shortened off season with COVID and all that, I do think that's kind of the reason for a lot of that. We also, I think we've been spoiled a couple past years with some of the halfbacks that have come in, coming in, making impacts right away. I think we've kind of taken for granted that isn't what always happens. And so we might have to sit and wait for some of these young guys to develop. Cam Akers is a guy I like to come out of Florida State. I do think eventually he will develop and be the guy there in L.A. Um Keep scooting here. We we will we will pause on on, on this one. So this was a and I, we'll have to get your take on how, how you say the name. But this was a trade between myself again, the boys of fall versus Quinn Pelzes, hungry, horny, and he, he, Henry. How, how, how would you break that down, Ben? Putting you on the spot. Let's see. Let's hear your interpretation of his team name. You know, I'm I'm pretty vanilla when it comes to some of these things, but I mean, I just read that and I see hungry, horny, and he he Henry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'd say uh, I like that. That's maybe a little more soulful to it. I'm not, <laughs> not sure, but that that was good. That you was know, good. yeah, you know, Qu- Quinn Pels is a Saints fan. You got to add a little bit of that KG yeah, accent yeah. there. <laughs> there you go. You're goddamn right. I like that. So yeah, and th- this one it was me. I'd been looking at my tight end slot with O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram. I knew I wanted to try to solidify that. So I went out and shot this over to Quinn. Uh, I packaged up David Montgomery, second-year guy. Everyone knows out of Iowa State, running for the Bears. And Evan Ingram, a guy that had a great rookie year, unfortunately, has been plagued by injuries since then, has never really got it back going again yet for the Giants, but is a talented guy that – is more of a wide receiver hybrid, I'd almost say, at tight end. He's not really more of a traditional inline blocking tight end. Uh, and I went package, who I think at least, I, I would say no argument, one of the top two uh, tight ends out there right now. And Travis Kelsey, um, again, I, I have opinions on this one. I was involved in it. Uh, right now, I'm liking what it did. Travis Kelsey has done exactly what I wanted to. I know I think he, he's over 30 at some point at Cliff, probably will come. He's tied with Patrick Mahomes. He, he solidified that position for me. I'm happy. Not really losing any sleep over the two guys that I packaged and shipped away, but Ben, I'll go ahead and ship it over to you for your takes. Yeah, you know, I, I think I have to agree with you there. Travis Kelsey's a guy, you know, he's locked into that top two tight end tier for probably the next at least three or four years, I would say. Um, you know, Evan Ingram, I think he's been a bit disappointing, as has the whole Giants offense. He struggled with drops a little bit um, this season. Uh, maybe hasn't gotten the targets that you might have wanted out of him. Um, you know, as you kind of noted, David Montgomery himself had some injuries too. Um, so I think it may, maybe it's a little too early to to call this one, but um, at least in terms of early returns, Travis Kelsey. I mean, sounds like a home run for you. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, you're, you're right. Early returns on this. David Montgomery's young. He's a guy that's got nothing but volume. It's just more or less waiting until that offense is efficient enough, or he's efficient enough maybe even to return on that. And they still, with the way halfbacks are, a guy you can probably slot into halfback too, and you're not losing any sleep over that. So interesting to see what happens with Evan Ingram. I know he was listed on the trade block, an actual NFL 
uh, prior to their trade deadline went through. That did just register what I wanted to also make sure we bring up tonight. So remind me of that in a bit. But uh, so it will be interesting to see if Evan Ingram remi- remains a giant, maybe he finds himself in a better organization or in a better situation in the near future. Um, we'll keep scrolling. Another trade here. Montgomery got flipped from Quinn to Nate. Uh, I don't think we'll spend any time on this with the other names that were involved. Sammy Watkins for a second rounder. I don't think we need to waste any breath on Ben. KJ Hamler, Hayden Hurst, the trade heard around the world. Do we want <laughs> you want to spend a bunch of time on that? <laughs> you know, right you know, I think we could probably skip that one. Hayden Hurst's been decent, but I don't even couldn't tell you anything about Hamler this season. <laughs> no, me, me neither. Um, but the one I think we want to stop on, and we all want what we both wanted to highlight here, and this was a trade heard around the league for sure. And this was a sinners like me with wheeling and dealing with Russ Cook. Um, sinners like me, he went ahead and he packaged up Juju Smith-Schuster. He shipped him over for a guy that's just been no, – no one apparently has wanted him on their roster, Stefan Diggs. He got packaged up yet again, plus who looks to be now a promising rook, uh, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, first round pick out of LSU. He gets packaged up. They get shipped over for Juju. Was draft equity involved in this? So bear with me. Um, no, there there wasn't in this one. It does not look like. So this was just straight up what we have here. Um, I'll, my, my first thoughts. I'll give right away. Justin Jefferson, it's I, I'm my eyes. I think Juju and Stefan at this point, um, I thought they were equalized out. Uh, Stefan Diggs, I'm going to give a greater sign on right now than when you throw in that promising piece of the rookie Justin Jefferson, who has looked well. Granted, a lot of it's been in maybe just a few big blow up games, I mean, but he still has put on the film, which you'd want to see has a future there. I'll go ahead and I'll lean this one eight games in definitely to centers like me side. Ben thoughts. No, yeah, I think you hit it exactly right. Um, you know, I think Juju people had a lot of high hopes for him with big Ben coming back this year. Um, just hasn't really translated. They've, they've been pretty big on Claypool and Deontay Johnson this year. And, um, you know, obviously disappointing for, uh, Malcolm, but you know, as is fantasy, you kind of got to live with a little bit of risk here and there and, you know, got to appreciate trying to improve your team. And, you know, it may end up that Juju playing for a 7-0 team here soon. Maybe it starts working out for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he still looks like wide receiver 29 on the air. So it's not like it's been a complete stink. Uh, and he's still the age. I know he, he's young, young, young. So he's yeah. still only 23, soon to be 24. My question for you, I guess, then with – Pittsburgh Steelers now having Chase Claypool looking promising. That Deontay Johnson, I think, looks really good. Um, there's been a lot of rumbling that Juju not being in the picture this offseason, if I'm not mistaken. They'll either have to decide if they want to franchise tag him, sign him long term, or let him walk. I've heard more and more it could be letting them walk. Um, best long term? Do you think it's best for him to get out of there, getting a different offense, being a number two to your boy Devontae Adams there yeah. Packers? I mean, what, 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 what would that look like? Oh, man, I would love that. Um, you know, I, I don't think that'll happen. Packers, you know, tend to not make any splashy trades, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I think that is a guy, like, as you said, he's only 23 years old. A lot of good playing days ahead of him. You know, maybe a change of scenery is what he needs. 
Um, you know, I, I don't think they tra- or they franchise tag him at this point. I think that's probably a little more than they're willing to pay for a guy like that. Um, you maybe they let him walk and hope that he's one of those top two or three receivers on the the free agents block this off season, and they can get a pretty good you know uh, compensation back for him in draft picks. Yeah, for, for sure, it, it will be interesting. I I think Juju for the best for him. Find a new situation to just see how that works out for him. Um, well, we'll keep scooting. Last one. I mean, this was a big blockbuster lot, lot going on here, too. We had sinners like me yet again, wheeling and dealing on the same day, uh, with this time with Dirty Van Super Punters. This one had Noah Fant and Tyreek Hill. So, sinners like me packaged up Noah Fant, Ty- Tyreek Hill, and shipped them over to Dirty Van Super Punters for Mike Evans. Debo Samuel, and then Irv Smith Jr., the tight end of the Minnesota Vikings. This one did have a little bit of draft equity, um, and it looks like it is the 2020 first-round pick of Dirty Van Super Punters also got ship centers like me this way. So, I mean, there's also a first-round equity involved with this one. Um, there's a shit ton to unpack on this one. My first thoughts and takeaway are very, very, very much so undecided with – Debo, that first round pick, Noah Fant. Um, at end of the day, the core of the Tyree Kill versus Mike Evans, at least this season, I would say thus far for sure, that's been in the Tyree Kill camp as he's just been having a monster at position rank number five. Ben, thoughts on it? You know, I, I think I'm with you. It's a little, a little early to say on this one. Uh, um, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a big Mike Evans fan. That might pain you to hear that but yeah. um you know there's a lot of mouths to feed down there in tampa bay yeah um he's just never been a guy that i've been really high on um and i think you know at the, at the same token though they got that first rounder in return too so i mean that could turn into you know the next great thing here this offseason so i think you know it's a little early to say obviously early returns say probably phantom tyree kill maybe t- coming back a little bit stronger but um without debo samuel playing um, with Mike Evans, I think he's missed a game or two himself. And without that first-round pick being settled, it's a little, a little tough to say. Yep, agreed. Um, going, going through the last ones of Corey Davis, Karrion Johnson. We, we will just wrap up with the one we just had. I mean, that was our transaction corner for this week. Uh, with that, I mean, shit, we're, we're, already, we're already getting closer and closer to kickoff, so we better scoot right along. Let's go ahead and jump on over into the mailbag. Um, in the mailbag, we have our first ever voice drop. So this came in from no stranger to the mailbag. Yeah, I think he's excited we all have his voice heard from Nate Daddy himself. I couldn't help but notice he has a new team name as well. He's now the Nate Underdogs with two emojis of a dog. So he has dubbed himself the Underdog League. Um, we will kick it over to Nate here and see what advice he had for me on how I could try to watch the Buccaneers on Monday night football on the old anniversary day. <laughs> Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wag mail. Hey, Kamish Conlon. This is your boy, Nate of Nasty Nate's Greats, giving you a call, a uh, little advice on what to do for your first anniversary. Uh, first thing I got to say, welcome to the big show. Vacation's over. You're in the real deal now. Second thing, you're going to North Carolina. You're going to want to go someplace local. 
like an Applebee's, get the two for 20 menu, uh, some dollar drinks, and then definitely split the tab with her because the next morning she's totally going to be up for some IHOP. So uh, just just keep it real. Be ready for that uh for that breakfast that breakfast stuff. You know what I'm saying? All right. Well, that's all I gotta say. Peace. All right. So those are some great words of advice from Nate. Um, ben, unfortunately, he hasn't been able to hear it yet, so he'll have to hear it through the recording. Uh, ben, just kind of get of Nate's advice. So again, the predicament I was in. Uh, anniversary first anniversary day happened the fall on Buccaneers Monday night football. I was a little worried I wasn't going to be able to watch it. Um, and Nate had recommended going somewhere local in North Carolina that you could only get in North Carolina. Something like an Applebee's is what he <laughs> thrown out there. Maybe get a little two, a little two two for twenty action. Then he said, for sure, make sure you split the bill. That way I had enough coin to take her to an IHOP <laughs> next morning, make sure I had her fed there. No no real advice on how to watch the game, but that was the advice I was given. Um, any quick hot takes from that advice <laughs> that Nate threw out there? You know, I, I, yeah, I think he got it. I mean, you got to keep her fed. You got to keep yourself fed, especially when you're in a foreign <laughs> yeah. country like North Carolina. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. The, both those establishments, great food. You know, I assume the Applebee's had a TV, so you really can't lose there. Yeah, you can't. You're right. You can't lose. Applebee's are chocked full of TVs. Good advice by Nate. Maybe I'll try it next year. Hopefully, I'm not in that predicament next year. I guess I'll pause right here. I got to ask you: um, Are you app like if you got to go to one of those chain ones, whether it's Applebee's, Chili's, Outback? I mean, I know you lived with Alex there for quite a while. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's a pretty big Chili's guy. I'm probably more Applebee's myself. <laughs> you fall, you, you you're really tie tight to one of those. Uh, you know, th- this might come as a shock, but I am diehard Chili's fan. You know. Wow. You, you, you get me that bottomless chips and salsa, and I am there. That's all I need. Well, but bottomless chips and salsa, fall, fall them back with a little of their baby back ribs. Oh, yeah, the chicken crispers, you name it. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right, good good times. Now I'm getting a little hungry. <laughs> Maybe we're going to have to start recording these at a Chili's or an Applebee's. Who knows? With that, it is time to get into the meat of tonight's show and no, the meat of tonight's show is not brought to you by Applebee's. It's not brought to you by um, Chili's. It is brought to you by none other than TNT Barbecue. This ain't no All Meat Matters Barbecue. This ain't no RGQ Barbecue. This is TNT Barbecue. Our meat is dynamite. All right, since we're on the barbecue, real quick, you're leaving KC. If a guy's going to spend a night in Kansas City, only going to be able to hit up one barbecue joint, Do you, what, what's your recommendation? What do you throw out there? You know, if, if you're going for the meat... There, there's two of them that I think you can't go wrong with. One being the original Joe's Kansas City. Um, you got got to go to the gas station location. Um, in my mind, they got the best ribs uh, in town. Uh, and then there's actually another one called Q39. Um, it's a, a little bit newer, um, but their meats are killer too. Um, if you're a sides guy, um, Jack Stack's your place. They got that cheesy corn. That stuff is like crack cocaine. You could eat it all day. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, there it is. I mean, this shit has turned into a food podcast <laughs> now. You got two locations. What? So what was it again? Uh, Joe's Gas Station location yep. is what, what yep. it was. Uh, something 38. What it's was the 38? Q- Q39. Q39, not 38. <laughs> Q- Q39. 
And then we had Jack's stacks for the freaking creamy corn. Oh, yeah. Cheesy corn. Like cheesy corn. All right, there you go. If you're in KC, find yourself there. Make sure you hit up one of those three spots. Ben, certified and approved. Let's go ahead and flip it over. Get actually into the meat of the night show. Uh, what do we have for the meat tonight? I already gave a little teaser. I already told you earlier. We're essentially having we're halfway through the entire season. So week 16 will be our championship. We're only five weeks away from playoffs. Uh, the last time we had done a season review or rewind, we're only a quarter of the way through. Everyone at that point in time was essentially in it. I think everyone was like a game or two games out of playoffs, maybe only three out from being in first. That's changed a little bit since last time. So right now the lowest we got in it was four, four and four right now gets you in the playoffs. We have a couple two and six teams sitting down there now that realistically, I guess, I guess we'll speak to it. We'll just start and hop right into it. So, I mean, we'll start with show me where you ship from. So they're sitting at a disappointing number 12 on the year. So they are at, again, two and six have only thrown up 853 points a year to date, which is by, okay, maybe by about 70, the lowest in the league. So, they're definitely our dog. We'll click in here and kind of look at the roster here then and unpack. And really what I'm looking for to break down is why did they find themselves in the predicament? Do they try to fight scrap claw to get into the playoffs and then just simply categorize them if either playoff contenders, point bowl contenders, or paper bag um, first, first thing I'll highlight right right away, and it was the same story a few weeks ago. Injuries have not been kind to this team. So Michael Thomas, he has hardly had Michael Thomas this whole season, and Austin Eckler being his other big guy going out. Um, that that's really really has hurt the squad. He's unfortunately at, thus far has not been able to scrap together enough other pieces to really tie this thing together and stack up some W's. Ben, thoughts, anything you got for Jake here and what he should be trying to do with the squad and where he's going to end up? You know, I, I didn't know Jake was such a big Chargers fan, but, I mean, I think he's got about <laughs> half their roster. I know it. I, know. Um, I don't know what's going on with a guy like Michael Thomas. You know, at first it was an injury, and then he's getting in fights in practice. It just seems a little weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. It seems weird. Yeah, I don't know if that's a guy. Maybe you, you try and move and see if you can get some some other pieces and maybe fill up some of the gaps in the roster. But um, you know, I think you know, just looking at the guys he's starting here, the running backs are you know a problem. I don't know if there's a nice way to put it. Um, no. DeAndre Swift's kind of stuck in a weird running back carousel in Detroit. Um, Justin Jackson, it's like a coin flip every week, whether it's me, him, or Kelly scoring points. Um, you know, it, it's tough sledding here for Jake. Um, yeah, c- c- completely agree. I'm with you. If I'm Jake, I am in sell mode looking for the future. I like your take on Michael Thomas, maybe trying to move him. Definitely where there's some smoke, some fire, right? Getting fights and stuff, and it sounds like the Saints maybe even want to trade him. That has, has you a little nervous. Um the only thing I'll say, I would hold probably Michael Thomas right now just for the fact that, I mean, he comes back, he does what Michael Thomas can do. His value will be sky high. I mean, I would just be worried he might be selling him a little bit lower than you typically could get. Um, a guy I would maybe yeah try to push to is Austin Eckler, maybe someone that has playoff hopes and just down a halfback wanting to hop on 
the hope or the belief that when Austin Eckler's back healthy this year, they can get themselves a viable RB1. Um, definitely a player I would move. Melvin Gordon. Shit, maybe that old Denver halfback situation with Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, those are guys I'd maybe try to slap and sell. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's time to sell, try to go find future draft equity. Hope DeAndre Swift hopefully takes over that position. A.J. Brown's a bright spot for me. I like A.J. Brown. Um, and, and I don't hate who you got in the, your tight end slot there with Hunter Henry, even probably the one I'm maybe even more excited about is Dallas Goddard with Zach Ertz there or not. Usually they're both pretty viable together. Um, yeah, and maybe try to diversify from that Chargers squad like Ben said. <laughs> you, do, you do got a lot of Chargers. I'm going to go ahead and say, Jake, unfortunately, your squad this year just isn't your year. And my hope, actually, probably for me, is that you do land that paper bag territory and then you have to wear that paper bag in the annual Nerf Howler game. Ben, where do you think he's ending up? You know, I think I got to agree with you. This this, this just isn't his year. Injury luck isn't there. Um, he's got a lot of good pieces for the future, though. You know, you highlighted a couple of tight ends. He's got Tua down there on the bench, taking over down in yeah. Miami. He's got Rugs down there. He's got some good, some good, uh, you know, younger pieces that he can play with. Uh, maybe add a couple more through a trade here or there, and could be right back in the thick of things next year. Yeah, could, could com- completely agree. We'll scoot right along to the next one. It looks like we're damn near at kickoff. I just saw Joe Buck and Aikman talking. Got some Shannon on here on here. We'll get some live instant feedback from Ben and what the Packers are doing. I'm sure Tommy B will be excited to hear it. Um, so we'll move right on the number 11, the Nate underdog. This was a guy that we've had penned in as being the underdog essentially all season long open up his roster, what has and has not hit for him in my eyes. Uh, one for me, those halfbacks that I was at least excited about going into the year, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery. Um, I think I've talked the last couple weeks or episodes. They really have never really hit and gotten there. I mean, Jonathan Taylor sitting at position rank 20, not bad for a rookie running back. I'm still waiting for him to take that next step. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I think he's dealing with maybe a little midfoot sprain or some shit like that, possibly now, too. Um, waiting to see that blow up. Montgomery again, good, more or less just a volume play, though, and will be a halfback, too. Um, and then, really, the wide receivers for me, John Brown kind of started out your party great early in the year. He got hurt, hasn't been the same guy since then, hasn't played a lot since then. Uh, scanning through this rest of this roster. Maybe does he does he have an upplay and potential future here with Chase Edmonds? You know, I, I think that's a guy that's you know interesting. It doesn't seem like Arizona is set on Kenyon Drake right now. Um, and yeah. know he's had some injuries, but he just hasn't been what maybe he was those last few games of last year. Um, so you know, this is, he is a young guy could could take over the reins there sooner than later. For, for sure. I mean, two of the last three games he's been north of twenty, and yeah, it's really just what do they do with. Kenyon Drake there decide. Um, other other than that, Nate, um, uh, I'm in full full build for the future mode. If I'm you, so any any vet. I mean, you've been an active owner. You keep out there. You're trying to wheel and deal. I would say any kind of veteran presence that has a pulse that could maybe help someone that's going for a playoff push or championship run. I'd be trying to dial them up and try to get in whatever, maybe future draft equity you can get or just pure prospect plays is what I would say. 
Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Um, you know, he may have to start looking for a QB of the future. I'm not entirely sure what Matt Ryan's contract situation is, but it seems like a guy the Falcons can move on from uh, here in the near future. Yeah, I agree with that. When there's like, well, there already is a change in the guard there, right? Head coach is out and gone. Usually a new guy comes in regime. Team that's likely going to be picking high. There's a chance that uh, there will be a new quarterback coming in there soon. Um Put a bow on this one. We'll keep scooting here. Try to keep a t- decent pace. We've got Mr. Vincent himself with the wham, bam, fuck you, Cam. <laughs> uh, let's open this up. Take a look. So, for me, this squad performing like it is surprises me much. And I, I guess I should cap that. So, we're still sitting at two and six. So, this is our group of three that are in the bottom dwellers together sitting at two and six. Uh, this one, to me at least, compared to the other two and six ones we have, I think this one does have a foundation that it's already laid itself on and building on, that being with Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson there um, at the halfback slots, as well as a guy in Terry McLaurin at wide receiver. DJ Moore at wide receiver, and then Jerry Judy, a rookie, he just spent his first-round pick on and shit, even when you look at the bench there with T. Higgins, another rookie that's been doing good. I think the foundation's laid here for one reason or another, I think, uh, mainly injury and then lack of consistency on when his team has gone off. It seems like he has quite a few goose eggs in his roster, unfortunately, uh, week in, week out, just how it's gone for him. Uh, but I do think there's a foundation for this team, a team that could still probably this year – I do I play off that ship has sailed at two and six, but I think this is a team that could easily scrap and get into toilet bowl contention or be in the toilet bowl race here once the loser bracket gets fired. Yeah, I mean I'm with you here. He's got, you know, six or eight guys here that are, you know, all probably, you know, twenty five or less in terms of age. Um, nice core sure. to build on. You know, I like Josh Jacobs. He's the guy there in Oakland. Chris Carson runs harder than anybody in the league, in my opinion. Um, you know, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, you may never have to get another receiver for the next five years with those three guys. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's definitely in play for trying to get that first overall pick, and that would really launch him into, uh, you know, that next year, next year. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. Get some draft equity, hit on the draft picks next year. Those halfbacks get healthy for you. I think you'll be just fine going on into the future. Maybe dump Cam Newton and get a new team name. Oh, and we, we are officially kicked off here. Shit, Packers are already marching down 50-yard line. Screen pass that to your boy Jones. Yeah, I, I don't want to say he looks good, but he looks he, good. <laughs> <laughs> got, got to be nice to have back on the fantasy roster as well as for the Packers squad. Let's make sure we speed this up here. Dirty Van Super Punter sitting here at 3-5, and five, so this is – um, if I'm not mistaken, this is who you went toe to toe with in championship last year, sitting at three and surprise. Let's open this up. Look at the what has been going on. I want to kind of see the standings too and see what points have we thrown up here for the Dirty Van Super Punters. They've thrown up 1,064 points. I mean, they've definitely been scoring. They're one of the higher scorers yet, still. Uh, open this up. I mean, one thing slaps you in the face right away. Christian McCaffrey obviously has not been in there. That's a huge hole to try to plug. I am Christian McCaffrey. 
Um, Robbie Anderson's been a stud. Tyreek Hill's been a stud. Calvin Ridley has been a stud. Obviously got hurt, came out early last week. Um, Josh Allen was a stud and has kind of been the tail of two ads, kind of two different tales for Dirty Van Super Punters. So that's where I'll start with. I'll just ask you about Josh Allen. Is he the guy that we saw the first four or five weeks, or is he more the guy that we've seen the last four weeks, let's call it? You know, I think he's the guy we saw those first few weeks. I think he had some tough matchups here these last couple of weeks. But just, just watching him this year compared to last year, guys really dialed in with his arm. Um, throws are there. He's got a good weapon there in digs. Um, I think once the schedule kind of eases up here for a few games, um, should help him get back and hopefully get some more wins for uh, the dirty van super punter. Yeah, agreed. And got to ask. Devonte Adams just say, yeah, is that, that's just gonna ask, is that is that a touchdown there? Sure, it looks like one. I mean, that's the best receiver in the league if I've ever seen it. Devonte Adams, what do you have? Three touchdown catches this last week against the Vikings, and a couple of the weekend before that. Would this be six and three weeks now, or some shit like that? I know. I think Tom, Tommy B's got himself a, a winner right there. Yeah, he most certainly does. Um, I agree with your takes there on Josh Allen. Uh, looking to the rest of the squad, I mean, this course here, good to go. Mark Ingram's obviously been disappointing. David Johnson, let me open that up. Position ranked 18. I mean, he, he he's fine for what you need David Johnson to do, especially with Christian McCaffrey back. I think now that Christian McCaffrey's back, I think Dirty Van Superponer starts winning. I think they get in the playoffs. Ben, thoughts on that? I'd have to agree with you. Frankly, like just looking at these records, I did not realize he was three and five. That's that's shocking, even with Christian McCaffrey being out. Um, yeah, I think he turns it around and sneaks into the playoffs there and can make some noise. Yeah, I, I agree. I say he's fully still a contender with Christian McCaffrey. Healthy. Uh, keep scooting right along to the number eight seed at this point in time. So we get into 500 territory with centers like me. Uh, owned and GM by Daniel Lawfridge. Let's open it up. This is a team. I mean, he, he had dubbed himself in paper bag territory when I was there at the quarter of the way. He's just been scrapping them. He's been he's been scrappy, getting W's. Justin Herbert has ended up being a big pickup, a rookie quarterback that's playing far from a rookie. Um, Stefan Diggs, we've talked about Stefan Diggs already, but has done solid. Mike Evans has been middle of the road, probably not exactly what – Dan was hoping to get when he made that trade. And then Justin Jefferson, I think Dan has been fortunate enough in the big weeks Justin Jefferson's had. He's had him plugged in. Um, I'll pause here. I'll take a breather. I'll wet my whistle. Is this, Ben, your eyes? Is this a team that we're sitting at four and four? Are we staying in toilet bowl type contention? Does this team fall down in the paper bag? Or are we are we in PHFL promised land and getting at least 50 bones coming as well here this year? You know, I, I, in my mind, I think this is a toilet bowl team. Um, you know, he's got the receivers. He's got a good quarterback there, but those running backs hurts my eyes to look at, frankly. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, they are definitely hard on the eyes. So when you got James White, J.D. McKissick, that's Kissick. See, I can't even pronounce the guy's name. So that should tell you all you need to know about it. When you have that stack there in your halfbacks, um, it, it's tough. It is tough. And not really a whole lot of life there on the bench for those guys either. Um, yeah, I agree. I think this is toy ball. I think that honestly could be maybe the best thing that could happen for this team is getting a high – 
draft pick or a higher draft pick and adding to this foundation, those wide receivers there, he's going to be able to win games because of those wide receivers. He needs to hope that first round pick Cam Akers hits in the future to make this team viable and then find a way to sneak in another viable halfback he can get in week in, week out. Yeah, I think that's the path forward for him, you know, get one more halfback and you kind of end up like uh, my team, unfortunately, where you're kind of skirting by, but maybe got one that can uh, pull you through each week. Right, right. Is there, with, with that in mind, is there anyone you think you'd say, try to sell, flip on this roster, right? And like, do you go win now mode or do you try to flip and try to find a halfback prospect this year with anybody has got on the roster? You know, I, I think you could flip a guy, but like with, you know, Diggs, Evans, Jefferson, I think that's a pretty good core at that right. receiver position. Maybe you flip Evans if uh, you find a Bucks fan in the league that's willing to take on that kind of player. <laughs> yeah. well, what wonder who wonder how many of those we got in the league. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, outside of that, I don't, there's not a lot here that I think you're going to be able to flip and really get much of an impact player out of. Yeah, agreed. Dan, like what you've been doing, will be interesting to see what happens down the stretch for centers like me. Keep scooting. Got another four and four team. This highlights the – it rounds out well, who's currently in the loser's bracket here. A number seven seed, Jerry's kids. Let's, uh, let's open up the squad, see what's been going on, what's gotten them to that 500 record so far this season. It's got to be those quarterbacks, right? Yeah, it's got to be those freaking quarterbacks. Shit, he's got your boy going right now. I'm sure uh, – what do he say? He drinks a little Jack Honey when he listens. I'm sure when he sees Rodgers opens up first drive with a tutty, he's going to pour himself a little Jack honey and sip on that with him in his lineup. Uh, scanning through, scrolling through, almost the opposite, um, not not exactly, but almost opposite of what would make your eyes hurt on uh, centers like me and what centers like me strengths was. Almost makes your eye hurt, eyes hurt here, at least for me, when I look at that wide receiver core of, Cole, uh, Cole Beasley, Darnell Mooney, um, and if we scroll down on the bench, Brandon Ayuki, he's shown promise, uh, Sammy Watkins, though, and Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, uh, th- that's kind of tough to have there at your wide receiver slots. Um, I'll pause, break thoughts on the wide receivers or I guess anything in, on Chad's squad here. You know, I think the receivers, as you kind of mentioned, you know, Cole Beasley, in my mind, that's a poor man's Julian Edelman. Um Darnell Mooney couldn't tell you a thing about him. Hadn't heard of the guy until about a week or two ago. Yeah, it's uh, fair enough. Position rank you know, 51, could... only averaging 8.5. Rostered in 10.3% of leagues out there. <laughs> Many probably could not, but he did come off a 17.9 game against the Saints. So maybe Chad's got something there. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe if a guy like Allen Robinson leaves town here soon, um, he could be the future there in Chicago. Yeah, that very well could be. Very well could be. Um, for, for me, really what Chad needs to keep moving forward. One, Aaron Rodgers keep playing at the level Aaron Rodgers playing in. That would be huge. Um, I think Chad, maybe he's got something coming up. He's sucking all the quarterbacks that are out there. So he did pick up Big Ben. Really no logical explanation reasoning for why he picked up Big Ben. Because, I mean, he's going against Dallas. Good matchup, right? But he rolls Aaron Rodgers. So I'm not 100% sure why. I think maybe what Chad's got going – He's sucking up the quarterback market, and he's going to try to bake himself up a trade and, and try to get someone to come in and hold down one of these wide receiver spots while hoping that Leonard Fournette takes over in Tampa and Zeke can get back. I mean, shit, Cowboy fans now are probably hoping and wanting Andy Dalton to get back healthy 
and then hope that Zeke can return back to a viable I shouldn't say viable, but can be the top five play that Zeke Elliott is is. So Yeah, I mean looking at this roster, you know, something I might look at if I were him. You know, see if there's a team out there that needs a quarterback that might be interested in like Lamar. Um, you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers. He can probably bridge you until Joe Burrow's ready for, you know, every week starter status. Um, see what – throw some feelers out there. See what kind of wide receivers you can get back for Lamar. Um, there are some quarterback needy teams out there that may, you know, be willing to make a deal. And 10% agreed. I mean, that's great strategy, Chad, that that's coming from the defending champion of THFFL. Maybe not a bad idea to take his advice. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this team. Um, oh, fuck. I'm going to say they're playing for the toilet bowl. You know, yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I think maybe this is one of those teams that, uh, you know, kind of gets passed up here by the Dirty Van Super Punter soon and finds themselves down there in that uh, loser's bracket. Yep. Uh, agree. Along. Looks like the pack. 49ers on third down, and they're likely going to have to punt it away. Let's see. Now we're going to get up. We're up here with Hungry, Horny, and he, he, Henry. Or then <laughs> take, take take it away, your 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 southern your southern soul touch on it. Yeah, you, know, you got Hungry, Horny, and he, he, Henry. <laughs> there we go. I love it. Let's open it up. Um, let's start with the namesake of his team. There's another cold one cracked. I like it. Packers are playing. He's podcasting. He's out here doing big things. Uh, position rank three. He's been doing everything you'd want Derrick Henry to be doing. That's why you named the team after him. Uh, really, for me, after that, it's figuring out for you, Chad. Not Chad, sorry. Excuse me, Quinn. What you do with that halfback two slot. So I'm always hard on Devin Singletary. He's probably more viable than I give him credit for. Averaging a 10 point, 27 uh, position rank. He, he's been viable. I mean, for me, though, to really put your team on the map and give you contention, it's probably trying to find a guy that can pop and fill in your halfback two slot on a week in, week out basis. Uh, other than that, I mean, I do like like the wide receivers he's rolling out there. Like the quarterbacks he's got overall, I think this is a decent, well-rounded squad. Ben? Yeah, I'd have to say I agree with you. He's got a lot of wide receivers. I think he may struggle some weeks to figure out which guys to start. Um, he's got a lot of viable options. Um, so he may, you know, lose a couple games here and there if he makes the wrong decisions. But, um, you know, end of the day, he's got a pretty good core there at receiver. He's got Derrick Henry. He's got Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you try and flip a guy like – Antonio Brown, um, you know, somebody's a believer in his resurgence here. Maybe try and flip yeah. him in Singletary for a guy that can hold down that RB2 slot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's well set for the future here. Yep, uh, agreed. I'll go ahead and say this team squeaks in about seated how they are now and they get themselves in the PHFFL promised land. Yeah, I think I'm right with you there. All right, let's keep on scooting, keep this train moving. We will now go out of your, your squad. So we, we the squad you know best, the defending champ, uh, another surprising one to me sitting at four and four. We'll get into why that is, though. The OBJYN. Um, let's open it up here. I will give my, I guess, thoughts and feedback of why the squad's sitting at four and four and not higher. Um, and, and, and then you can fill in and give your takes and, and tell me where I dicked up. Um Overall, for me, I mean, this is a strong, strong squad. Again, the weakness for this squad 
or not weakness, I guess I should say, but the danger for the squad was just the depth at halfback. And unfortunately, that reared its ugly head a little bit with the injuries that we've had there. Um, you have done and did a great job parlaying that, though, and picking up Mike Davis. And you rode Mike Davis there, at least for the strong games he had. Uh, unfortunately, the last three weeks with him, I don't think we're as strong. Uh, let's open it up here. Yeah, the last three weeks with yeah Mike Davis, 8.7, 8.6, 11.5. Not great. I mean, you're still doing what you can. You got Aaron Jones inserted back in that lineup now. Obviously, Saquon won't be coming back. Um, and I think really that's been just been the tale of, hey, you've been having to dick around with a halfback two slot this whole year. Allen Robinson, I think he, he's been steady and tried and true for you. I mean, let's open it up. Position rank nine, you have to be happy about what you see there. Darren Waller, he, he's been solid. I think he's had a few really, really big weeks, but I think he still has a pretty solid floor for you week in, week out. Looks like for the most part he has. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is who Patrick Mahomes is. Keenan Allen with Justin Herbert there. You got to be liking that. I'll just go ahead and say as long as you can keep filling in that halfback two slots. Now you got Aaron Jones. Keep Aaron Jones healthy. Keep him going. You got Gus Bus. So he picked up Gus Edwards today. I don't mind that for a little plug and play there, especially uh, Mark Ingram. He, he hasn't been practicing. Who knows when it gets. That might just be a Dobbins-Edwards split. Edwards is a solid play there. Uh, overall, I think this squad's good. And where I mean, you're going to be sitting there in the playoffs, looking to try to defend your title again this year. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That that RB two slot has been my my nemesis this year. Miles um, Gaskin, he was filling that for a while, doing a pretty serviceable job, but he's now out another three weeks at least. Um, you know, obviously going into the season with pretty much just Aaron Jones and Saquon, I knew I had that risk and. Um, you know, it's kind of reared its head a little bit, but we're hoping we can weather it here with some of these receivers and Patrick Mahomes is, you know, always good for a 40 plus point game here and there. So, um, you know, looking forward to hopefully making the playoffs, making a little bit of noise. There you go. You've got to like that. I will, before we do move off, um, have you, are, are there any, did you want to put out to the leagues? I mean, this team's chock full with current stud wide receivers. I'd also say a bunch of what I would consider prospects or wide receivers with great pro, uh, with great, uh, great opportunity in the future. Great prospects, I guess I would say. I, I mean, are you out there? Are you looking for anything to try try to make the push, or are you, your squad pretty set and sound where you're at right now? You know, I'm I'm always uh, open to a deal for you know the values there. Um, you know, I think. We're kind of disappointed a guy like Will Fuller didn't make his way up to Green Bay this past couple of days, but you know, there were some rumors there. But yeah, I'd heard uh, that he's he's been doing pretty well this season, so you know, I can't, I'm not really disappointed there. But you know, he's a guy I might look to move for the right price. You know, Marquise Brown down there, Michael Gallup, some of those guys. Um, you know, maybe just need a change of scenery in both fantasy and real life, but um, you know. I'm always open there. to dealing, so you guys know how to get in touch with me if you're interested. There you go. If you're interested, pick up the phone, dial the office of the OBJYN, see if you can't make a move. We will keep scooting right along here. Let's see, score update, 7-0 here still, Packers. We're about halfway through the first. Looks like they're about to punt away right now. Liking what I'm seeing so far for the 
over seven, over under with the pace in the game so far. That, that, that will take that. So let's keep scooting here. And we're getting into, so now we are off the 500 territory. And now we are in the five and three with what Russ cooks. Let's open up Milk Daddy squad, see what's been working, see what hasn't been working for him. Um, I mean, first thing I'll say, what has been working for him, uh, and this has to be just a huge blessing for you, is James Robinson. So, a guy, you scraped up. And if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ben, you were, like, right on top of every running back that was going to Jacksonville there. Like, for a while, it was Rykel Armstead. It was maybe Devontae Freeman. I mean, you were hitting these guys, and now – James Robinson somehow squeaked in, got by, and Miles Caddy picked him up, and he has been a hell of a pickup, sitting at position rank five right now at 19.1. Um, I'll pause there. Any thoughts on James Robinson him getting away from you? Uh, yeah, you know, this one kind of pains me. I was sitting there the morning before Net got released, and I was, like, trying to scroll through Twitter. I'm like, who's the next guy? Who's the next guy? You know, a lot of people are saying it was Armstead. You know, he was the guy that was kind of like the backup the last year or so. So I'm like, you know what, let's try it. Um, you know, I think they had Chris, Chris uh, Armstrong back there. Um, so I think he, you know, he was a guy that, you know, more of a pass catching specialist, not really a guy I'm yeah. really looking to pick up. Um, you know, I'd heard some rumors about James Robinson being good in camp. Um, you know, I think I was just a little leery of an undrafted free agent instantly going in and taking over a starting running back job. But, um, you know, props to Taylor. He really uh, knocked it out of the ballpark there. Yeah, I was going to say, and that, that has been big to him. I mean, for this squad, halfbacks are a bit shaky, and they're even much, much more shaky when you lose his stud at the halfback position, Nick Chubbs. I mean, he hasn't had – a real Nick Chubb since week three. So he got hurt there week four against Dallas. He's been out without Nick Chubb. He's been parlaying James Robinson into a lot of success and is really trying to patch together that second spot, if I'm not mistaken. We're not even sure if he's still on his squad anymore, but I know he had old man AP on there for a little while, Adrian Peterson there. He's rolled Zach Moss a few times. Um, Alexander Madison, I think he plugged and played. The one week Cook was out. Obviously, that didn't really pay dividends for him. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's that been huge for the halfback two slot. Julio Jones, when Julio's been healthy, has been doing Julio Jones thing. Uh, really health there, kind of in the middle of the meat of the season so far. This season's been the big thing. Since he's been back healthy, he's been nothing short of a stud. And really, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Russell Wilson, arguably the fantasy MVP of the year so far, setting out a position rank one at the quarterback, averaging damn near 40 points a game for Mount Daddy. I mean, that really has to be the catalyst and driver of the big things we're seeing on Mount Daddy squad. Yeah, and I, I know I saw this stat earlier today. He has the most fantasy points ever for a quarterback through the first seven games of a season. Um, and, you know, you, you, shit. you think back to, like, that year that I think I won a championship with Peyton Manning. Um, yeah, was, yeah. He, he had a heck of a first seven games. You know, Patrick Mahomes two years ago had a heck of a first seven games. So, I mean, that's really saying something. This guy has been, you know, nothing short of spectacular. He's got a great core of receivers there. So it looks like he should be set for a while. Yeah, shit, we're going to have to call you Ben the Statman Nielsen, so I had not heard that, and uh, that is that is pretty wild. That does a good job at putting into perspective at how great Russell Wilson has been. Um, I mean, anything else 
Mari Cooper. I mean, he's got him here. I mean, he's, he's, he's got depth here at wide receiver too. I guess I'd say Julio Juju. We've already highlighted on Juju a little bit. Hasn't probably been Juju. You were hoping to get has still been serviceable. Um, Amari Cooper. I mean, he was doing real good there with Dak. I mean, Dak was another guy that was hot, hot, hot. Um, it's been a little shaky. I think get Andy Dalton back. That will probably stabilize back out. Um, and any other last thoughts? And as I mean, I would say this is a team I think that can definitely contend and play for a title, especially for me when Nick Chubb comes back. If you have Nick Chubb and a James Robinson with Russell on top of these wide receivers, I mean, this squad could be scary down the stretch. Yeah, you know, I think there's some boomer bust to his receiver position there with Juju and um, Julio. Obviously, has a few health concerns, but um, you know, I think you hit it right there. Uh, with those guys back, once Chubb's back, he's he's got a solid squad and should find himself in the hunt there for the championship. Love it. Let's keep scooting here. I think that brings us now to our number three seeds. Only three more here. We got Drudge through. Um, Gurley's gone wild, a team that I doubt and pick against about every week. I better start changing my tune. He's sitting at the number three seed here. Five and three, Sam Harvey's really gone wild. Open it up, figure out how he's gotten here. Um, I mean, we just talked about one quarterback in Russell Wilson. Ryan Tannehill is another guy. I mean, he's been not on that kind of level, obviously. But when you think Ryan Tannehill, I don't think you really think he, he's as good as he is. I mean, he's been nothing. I mean, he's been super, super solid, over solid since the back half of last year. So here they have him listed as the number eight quarterback on the year, uh, averaging 30 points a game. I mean, I think that's big for Harv to just hold down consistency there in the quarterback spot. I mean, he's had some high 30-point scored weeks and a 40-point week has been consistent every week. Um, and keep scrolling through. I mean, DK Metcalf, I mean, we just talked about Russell Wilson. If it's not, if it's not Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf's out there catching balls. He's a freak of nature. He's a beast. Position rank three on there, averaging 20.6. Has um, really only had one bad week for him. That's the week where everything went to Tyler Lockett. Uh, I mean, shit. I mean, even I think Todd Gurley, I wasn't high on Todd Gurley, but yeah, there he's sitting at position rank number seven, averaging 15.2. Um, that still continues to be kind of a shock and surprise for me, but he's been doing all right for you. I'm doing more than all right. I shouldn't sell it short. Um, squad, the squad, he continues to find ways to get done, keeps doing good things. Ben, anything else you want to highlight on the uh, squad? Or you got any, you got a sweet stack of stats here for, for, for old Harv? You, can out you know, I, I don't have any good stats on this one, I don't think. But, um, you know, yeah, you kind of said it. Gurley's been a, a pleasant surprise, I would say, um, so far this season. Gibson, um, a good rookie pickup. You made. Th- I think he was a free agent when you picked him up, so I think that was a a big pickup for you. Um, I think, I think my bigger concern here would be, you know, one of those, you know, DK, Todd Gurley, Antonio Gibson, one of those guys gets injured. Um, there's not a lot of inspiration on the bench for me in terms of guys you can put in. Um, I know you've got two of the top players at their position down there in IR. Um, that's got to hurt a little bit. Um, so it's going to be tough sledding. It sounds like Kittle could be back sooner than later. Um, obviously Dak's out for the year. Um, so, I mean, you kind of got to hope injury luck goes in your favor and uh, it should be right there in the hunt if it does. Yeah, I love uh, both points you brought up there, and I'm glad you did. Yeah, bench is less than inspiring. The only guy apparently uh, 
Sunday night, Monday night. Make sure you put Christian Kirk in if you need a little comeback there, Harv. <laughs> I think you've used him a couple times for that. But, yeah, I mean, great point, Ben, on Dak Prescott. I mean, he's a large reason why if Russ wasn't the fantasy MVP at that point in time, then Dak Prescott probably was. And then George Kittle, yeah, when George Kittle's there, I mean, that's a huge, huge person to have in your tight end. Hopefully Jordan Reed is healthy and can remain healthy for you and fill down. What's he doing tonight thus far? Looks like he's got you 1.3 points so far. Pack, Packers are all over him right now. I think, Ben, you're fighting here. Yeah, hopefully no injuries agree with Ben. No injuries. I think this team can compete and fight for a title. Yeah. Only two more here. Let's go. Going off of, I mean, shit, I think this is a uh, flashback. Crowley's gone wild versus Tomcats. I think that was the championship game in year one after the redraft. Could potentially be be, be happening again this year. So the Tomcats, we're now leveling up to a 6-2 and two squad. Um, let's open this up, see what happened. Ben's already spoken to a big reason or a big reason in my mind why he's sitting there with Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams has been a beast. He's been a freak. I mean, he's only sitting at position rank seven, but he's averaging 27. Why is he sitting at position rank seven? Because he was out two weeks and already had his bye. Every week he's played outside of maybe week two there in Detroit. He's been pretty damn good. Shit, he's already got 12.7 points tonight. You got to like that. Uh, Devontae's been a stud. Tyler Lockett has been an absolute stud. So position rank one. Um, yeah, sure, a lot of that comes from a 53-point week. Um, you got you got a little less consistency out of Tyler Lockett than you do Devontae Adams, but no one's going to sniff at that being your, half, your wide receiver two. Um, C.D. Lamb, they're holding your flex. Wide receivers are strong, I guess, is what I'm getting at at the end of the day. James Conner has been more than serviceable there at your halfback slot to at least fill down one of those at halfback 12. Um, other than, I mean, that, that, that's the strength for me, those wide receivers. Really for you, uh, you, you hear halfbacks outside of James Conner. You're hoping Le'Veon Bell takes over a good chunk of that, work, that workload there in Kansas City and becomes a viable PPR halfback option down the stretch. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I mean, I think he's probably been a little disappointed with Kenyon Drake this season, obviously. Um, For sure. Probably thought Carson Wentz was maybe going to do a little better than he's done. Um, he kind of looked like the QB of the future for the next, you know, eight to ten years. But uh, some question marks there in Philadelphia, whether he's the guy or not. Uh, it's be interesting yeah. to see what happens there. Um, tight end's obviously been a little bit of a struggle for him. Um I don't want to pull out too many stats, but I mean, for being second place in the league, he uh, he's sixth in points for. So I think he's gotten a little lucky along the way. So uh, we'll see if that catches up with him or not. There we go. We got a little bit of fool's gold here. Then potentially, um, yeah. So let's bring it right to then. Where does this team sit when the dust has settled with the six and two start? I think they for sure now get themselves into the playoffs. I think I originally quoted maybe back in week four that I think they'd be fighting for the fifth and sixth seed. I still think that might be how this plays out. I don't know if Devontae Adams, Tyler Lock keep going the way they're going. He'll, he, he'll be, he'll be in the playoffs. I think for sure. Um, I'm not sold. It's title. Contender. Yeah. I think I'm right there with you. You know, those receivers are going to carry him and he's going to, you know, obviously make the playoffs, I think, but you know, the running backs, um, you know, you never know what you're going to get week in and week out with some of these guys. And so I think if you hit, you know, a rough patch or get a little bad luck one week, um, that could be the end of you in the playoffs. 
There you go, Tommy. Let's see what you can do. Prove the haters wrong. <laughs> Prove me and Ben wrong. Let's see what the Tomcats are made out of. Now we can round this out. Finishing up here uh, with my squad, the boys of fall. We've been fortunate. Haven't had a lot of injuries thus far this year. We've been able to parlay that into a 7-1 and one record. Uh, open it up here. And I'll just give some quick, quick takes. And then I will zip my lip and I will let Ben take over from here. Uh, really, really for me, I'll just say Travis Kelsey, he's been huge for me in that tight end slot to just make that viable. Um, I've had some issues just off and on with – uh, my wide receiver staying healthy, and to me, that's still probably my big risk. Obviously, with the halfbacks I have, I can ride through a lot of weather, a lot of storms with that. Um, Kenny Galladay, doubtful, really no clear timeline of when he's coming back. Chris Godwin with a broken finger, they said prior to uh, his surgery, they thought it was going to be a four- to six-week recovery. They're trying to say they can push it to him playing on Sunday. I'm starting to hear that's not as optimistic of a take. Uh, to me, that's my biggest risk there. Then with Clyde not being probably the bell cow or being the guy we thought he would, I think there's a little bit more risk to this team than maybe what originally meets the eye. But I'll flip it over. I'll pause there, and I'll see what Ben has for you. You know, I, I, I don't want to come off as selling, sounding jealous, but you got, you got a hell of a squad here. Um, you know, just looking at the position ranks, you got one starter currently outside the top ten at their position. Um, that being Chris Godwin, who, like you said, has missed a few weeks here and there. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, he's a top 15 receiver. And so you've got yourself a good good squad there. Um, and you got the number one and two running backs. You've got Clyde, who's number 10, Kareem Hunt, six. You know, Joe Mixon down in the IR slot even at six, top 16 running back. Like, um, you know, it's frankly an embarrassment of riches. And, you know, I think, you know, it's going to be tough to beat you in the playoffs this year. Uh, yeah, I, I hope I hope you're right. Um, those halfbacks, like I said, I'm just going to bank on those carrying me, and we'd be remiss if we did not cover. We now have an APAC audience, Singapore, all because of my philosophy of Young Hoku, the number two kicker on the year, at 11.1 points. Give him a shout-out. Make sure his fans that are tuning in listening to the Race 3 podcast get a little Young Hoku. Shout-out. Shout-out to you. With that, I mean that 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 wraps up our meat of the night show. And looking back, um, Ben, I mean it's been a blast. How, how, how'd it go? How, how'd you like podcasting you know, and going through the? You know, I think I could get used to this. You know, maybe I might have to explore it. Maybe this uh, career option in Des Moines is just a you know the start of bigger things for me. <laughs> I think you're right. I, I like the way you're talking. You were a natural. I love the stats that you brought to the thing. Yeah, in general, I mean, shit, this uh, we had talked about earlier. Now that we can phone people in, I guess we'll see what the quality is once we get it, once we get it up and going there. Um, but this is the options. I mean, we can get wherever you're located now, we can get you on the Race 3 podcast. If you're interested, let me know. Hell, we can even get multiple people tapped on this thing and see how many opinions we can't get on one show. That could get interesting. Might have to look at trying to have some of that theme, maybe going to the playoffs and bringing some opponents just so we can get some good shit talk. Um, with all of that, we did say we would bring some in-game advice. So it is just about the end of the first quarter. Ben's been gracious enough to talk here on the Race 3 podcast all the way through the first quarter of his squad playing. Uh, the Packers are up now, 7-3. to three. Just had an, had an overturned touchdown. Niners did, I think, now as we up went three points on a field goal. 
Uh, let me open up my Bovada here and see what the in-game betting is. Um, I got to imagine. Well, we'll see. Maybe things haven't changed that much. Let me take a look. Yeah, I, ma- I imagine that under's got to be looking pretty good still. Um, the live line, I doubt there's been a lot of movement in terms of. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, the Packers have four-point yeah. lead there, so. You're you're right. There has not been a lot of movements. Yeah, the over under. I think originally it was at forty eight and a half when we kicked off the top of the show. Um, that's now sitting at forty seven and a half. Yeah, so that's only moved down a point. Um, the Packers, I think, yeah, it was at six and a half. I was locked in at seven. It's now the Packers at a seven and a half point favorite. Um, quarter of ball in any any big changed opinion since the last since since no i mean i think we probably we probably should have done a parlay on that bet because it looks like both of those may hit if this keeps going as is yeah it uh it could happen i mean yeah i agree i would not change my stance on everything i i think the packers will cover that seven and a half um we've only gone down a point so i would still hit the under on that i will say if we're sitting let's say if that gets down to low 40s high 30s at some point that over under then i might slap some dollars on try to get some in-game play on the over but right now not what i'm gonna do um shit that's that's all i got for you guys tonight ben thank you for joining it was great it was good um any last parting words for the people we're excited to have you coming soon to des moines i mean that that, that would be awesome to have you nearby so that will be yeah no it's been a pleasure you know looking forward to hopefully not missing any more uh, nerf holler games here in the near future yeah there we go i uh personally hope you do because you and those damn gloves seem to catch everything and it's no good for my squad but with that we'll wrap this thing up cheers to you guys cheers to the league till next time Central Trust.